We're on a mission from God. Wendy? So I got that going. Darling? Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Light of my life. We enjoy your films. I am a human being. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Welcome to Vintage Video, where we're re-watching the 80s so you don't have to. We'll be reviewing every major film release of the 1980s in real time. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. I'm Jesse Bayless. And I'm Richard Wells. And today marks the 40th anniversary of the release of Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown, and Don't Come Back on May 30th, 1980. Yes, this was released in theaters. It was written by Charles Schultz based on his own comic strip, Peanuts, directed by Bill Melendez and Phil Roman, and released by Paramount Pictures. For some reason, it is the fourth and final theatrical Peanuts story until the 2015 CG reboot. So there were four. There were four that were theatrically released. Yes, that's impressive. I thought they were all TV movies until you told me I had to watch this. Well, a, a quick IMDb search reveals that there's about 30 of these. So four of them were in theaters, and the rest were just on TV. I only ever watched The Great Pumpkin as a kid. I watched that, that and the Christmas one where they get the shoe Oh, yes, tree. and the Christmas one. Yes, those were the only two that I've ever seen before this one. Yeah. And, and the one where Linus has a girlfriend who has cancer. What? Yeah, that's the one really? I always remember. What? That's really the plot? Yeah, like she she like loses her hair from the chemo. And so she like looks like makes, all the other everyone characters. Everyone makes fun of her. Yeah, it's like wait, it's, Charlie you, Brown doesn't have wait, any hair. Wait, did you guys play on this to like tell me fake Charlie Brown stories? <laughs> <laughs> no. <it's>, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, my favorite one was the Arbor Day special. <laughs> that there probably is one. It doesn't even. It's not even a funny joke because they're all just like, "What's a holiday? Happy Valentine's Day, Charlie Brown." You're you suck, and we all hate you, but you're the main character, I guess. A car pulls away from a farmhouse on a rainy night. We follow the car to another building and push into a lit attic window where a girl is holding a bag that says S. Brown on it. And she's writing a letter to Charlie, Charlie Brown, relative of S. Brown, in French. Back in America, Linus is introducing exchange students from Europe, Babette and Jacques. They'll be here for two weeks, and Charlie and Linus will go to France for two weeks. Charlie seems surprised by this, <laughs> as though it were not planned, yeah. and he is being forced against his will to go to France. As, as if he doesn't suddenly have to get a passport and do yeah. all these things that would be required of him. To leave the country for the first time. Well, I'm Unchaperoned. Sure, I'm pretty sure you had to volunteer for these exchange programs as well. No, no, no. They volunteer you. In Soviet Russia. Oh, wait. This, isn't so, this is communist Europe. He tells Snoopy and Woodstock to pack because he's bringing a dog and a bird <laughs> to France. Uh, I guess they're the chaperone? Yes. He gets, uh, he gets a letter in the mail. It's in French, so he can't read it. And uh, he's being very protective of the letter despite not being able to read it. When the phone rings... Well, this is his first letter ever, he said. Yeah. yeah. He had never received a letter before. Yeah. This is This is a sad, sad man. Yeah, he's 0 for 1 on letters that he can read. Um... <laughs> Uh, Peppermint Patty calls, and uh, her and Marcy have been selected by their school, which I, they don't go to the same school. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Either way. I mean, they see each other a lot for kids who don't go to the same school. Well, but. They, I think they're all neighbors. 
don't so know. wouldn't they be in the same district? I don't know. <sighs> Who knows? Uh, either way, they've been selected by the same program to go to France. Um, there's a really terrible line read here where it just sounds like a kid's reading off a piece of paper. Well, That's what they, th- are, they doing. are doing. Yeah. yeah. But he just goes, Linus and I have been chosen to go to Europe as part of a student exchange program. Um, Patty is disappointed that she's not as special as she thought because other people get to do this. Snoopy packs too much shit, mostly sports equipment. Mm-hmm. Like just lots of many different sports Golf equipment. Golf clubs and rackets. Uh, yeah. Patty and Marcy pack their things. And uh, as they're leaving the house, Patty drops uh, her luggage on herself. And that's funny, I guess. The class sees Charlie off at the airport. Sally is telling him not to worry about the sports team that he's on because the last time he left town, they won three games in a row without him. Uh, the class all shouts the title. Bon voyage, Charlie Brown! And don't come back! And screw the other three kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, their names aren't important, I guess. Because all these other characters that you know and love, like... Lucy, Lucy. and <laughs> Sally and all these other kids are just going to stay home. Yeah. Who cares about them? Schroeder. Schroeder? Schroeder? Schroeder. Schrodinger. Schroeder. The guy who is or is not playing, playing the piano. piano. <laughs> uh, Snoopy is excited about the in-flight menu, which is like really fancy for some reason. Like They're not in first class, but... He is. Is he? Yeah, yeah he, got, he, he is. He that's, that. first class that's, that's why they were like... <laughs> This is a weird situation where Snoopy seems to have a ridiculously large amount of money yeah. for no apparent reason. Well, yeah. So he's in first class and he's reading this beautiful illustrated menu with all these fancy meals on it. And we're given a lot of time to be able to read this entire menu for some reason, even <laughs> though there's no jokes in it. it just looks like a regular menu. Mm-hmm. A flight attendant uh, passing by is either a child or the first adult that I've understood in this whole franchise. Yeah, yeah, it is notable in this movie that there are several occasions where we have adults talking and we can understand them, and that is a departure from the other movies. Do we know that they are adults, Yes, though? they okay. are adults. Yeah, because yeah, the ticket agent also spoke to them. Right, yeah. Oh, and at customs. Have you made your selection, sir? But yeah, uh, for some reason, Snoopy knows that dogs are allowed in first class, but birds are not. And so he hides the bird, Woodstock, in his ashtray. Is it that birds are not allowed? Or is it that he didn't buy a ticket for this mm. bird? Do you need a ticket for a bird? I don't know. He's a dog. But wasn't the whole point of one of the Charlie Brown movies, no dogs allowed? But also Every time Snoopy tried to go somewhere, there was always a dog sign, that, and they would always play that music cue. Yeah. And I was like, but, but I guess he can fly first class. Yeah. drive a car and yeah. if he's rich he could afford a ticket for woodstock he just didn't care enough about his friend i don't know but he sticks Either him in way. the ashtray he There's keeps sticking ash him in the ashtray <laughs> yeah and then uh and then eventually the bird gets out and splits snoopy's delicious meal with him um marcy can speak french and offers to translate charlie brown's letter for him on the plane it's from a girl named violet um and uh she says that she has known about charlie all of her life and is looking forward to meeting him, which will make more sense later, but still weird. Yeah, yeah. I would have been creeped out by this and be like, yeah, I'm not going to stay with this I'm not this going creepy to your person. creepy chateau. What is this like? What was that Eli Roth movie, Hostel? Yeah. <laughs> is that what's happening here? <laughs> the, the chateau of the bad neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a good sign either. But uh, Although it's a great name for a wine. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's no fences there, right? Because fences make good neighbors. The in-flight movie options are Laughing Bunnies or Naughty Marietta. And Patty says she's going to go watch the porn-sounding one. 
<laughs> which is apparently a real movie that Warner Brothers released in 1935. Uh, Laughing Bunnies, which does not sound like a real movie, uh, has a Paramount logo in front of it, and then it just cuts to bunnies laughing in a circle. Uh, at Customs, Charlie panics for some reason because he's being interrogated by an adult and he thinks he's being prosecuted, and he throws himself at the mercy of the court. But then they go through Customs and that's done. Uh, Patty gets stuck on the luggage carousel, and Snoopy laughs at her, and then also gets stuck on the luggage carousel. Snoopy parts ways with them here to go to Wimbledon, where he plays tennis poorly for a while. All the kids go to a pub to get food, but they can't understand the staff of the pub. They're, they're, I think they're in Britain right now. Correct. Correct. They, yeah, they had a, a layover there, or, or well, no, they're, they're, they're taking the train to the channel. Yeah. So, but no, the, no, no, there is no channel at this point. Oh, the, but they the, took a hovercraft. Oh, a hovercraft. That's right. Yeah, a hovercraft. I, mean, I just remember. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> you missed the hovercraft. I, I, it's I, weird because it looks like it just goes over land. I think that my grandkids <laughs> will not believe me when I tell them that there was a time where the channel didn't exist yet, but we had hovercrafts. <laughs> but anyway, we still have hovercrafts I, now. Yeah, the, no, you, you can take not them anymore. to Catalina. Not anymore. All they, right, they're enough. not allowed anymore the they can't understand the staff at this pub because they're speaking in such like thick cockney accent you ready to order can you help us with the menu for the gentleman i recommend a beef and kidney pie the shepherd pie is rather nice for the lady a cheddar and pickle sandwich is rather top oh what be your pleasure wow it's too bad we didn't bring anyone who spoke british like, like yeah i should have studied english instead then the kids get on I thought it was a train to Dover. Is this the hovercraft? Yeah, no, no, no. They, they take, take they the train do, to they Dover. They do take first. a train all the way they tip from London to Dover. And, and then they get on hovercraft. Right. And then in Dover, they get on a hovercraft because the channel didn't exist in 1980. Uh, and I then remember, they rent a car. Children are allowed to rent a car. I remember mm-hmm. taking the channel not long after it opened. It was in the 90s, right? Yeah, I, I definitely went through it in the 90s and like the mid 90s, I would yeah. say. I've never left the hemisphere. We keep him chained in our garage. I haven't left the northern hemisphere. Oh, I, I've been to, well, I have been to the southern, so I got you. I oh, gotcha. yeah, you went to South America, huh? That's uh, where you shit all over the place. It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely going to be in the episode. <laughs> True story. True story, folks. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Children rent a car. They don't rent a car. The dog rents a car. Okay. You're right. I was being ridiculous. They stop by a bakery where Charlie buys a baguette and accidentally breaks it in the doorway on his way out. So he sneeze throws it into the sky. (laughs) He just sneezes and throws three pieces of bread in the air and they never come down. So he buys another piece of bread. Just lazy animation and writing. Pierre welcomes Patty and Marcy to his country. No, no, no. Because then he takes the bread out. He figures out that if you hold it upright, you won't smash it in the doorway when you leave. And then he takes it outside, and they were trying to fix the car, and the car hood cuts the bread in half. Yeah. And so then he just... Eats some of the bread. No, he just doesn't eat any of it, and everybody else eats the rest of the bread. Yeah. Yeah. But they tell him that the car's working a lot better since he fed some bread to it, basically. (laughs) Um, Pierre welcomes Patty and Marcy to his country and Charlie and the rest of them continue on to the chateau of the bad neighbor. Pierre thinks that that's terrible and that they may be in danger. Danger? Charlie and friends get to the chateau late at night in rain because we need to reuse shots of the chateau from earlier late at night in rain. 
and uh, they stop at a bridge to get struck by lightning, and then they go to the chateau, but the door's locked, so they decide to just camp outside. They, they like didn't bring do. camping equipment with them, so they just set up they're and it, sleep in the mud and rain. Well, they're like in a stable. Yeah. yeah. But then Snoopy goes out to a pub, and this whole scene goes on forever. Yes, it oh, does. Yeah. He yeah. goes and gets wasted on root beer and dances in a sports bar for hours. <laughs> and I don't mean like in the movie it was hours. I mean like in real life. And this is a 75-minute movie, and he does it for hours. The kids wake up. And there's food and blankets. And then Snoopy comes back all like hungover, <laughs> decides to go to sleep. Patty thinks that Pierre likes her, even though he seems to like Marcy. Also, it's it's really hard to understand. But apparently, whenever Pierre is speaking English, he's actually speaking French. And only we're only getting the benefit of the translation from Marcy's perspective. Oh, okay. Is that what's happening? Yeah, because... because they keep she keeps talking to him and he keeps talking to her but they don't understand peppermint patty doesn't understand what he's saying i thought she was just ignoring him like an idiot no i think he's speaking english but just with a very very heavy french accent okay i i thought the whole thing i think you're thinking too hard about this (laughs) because he speaks english to the people on the phone as well yeah i i don't remember him speaking any french that's what i'm saying i i i feel like there's some kind of thing happening here, but maybe mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reading too much. I'm giving this movie a lot of credit. Yeah, it's too yeah. much credit. They have breakfast soup, which <laughs> Patty thinks is gross. I but have breakfast soup all the time. Yeah. It's called cereal. Yeah. <laughs> Just, it's a savory milk. Yeah. They dress weird for school because that's what people do in Europe. They dress weird for school. So it's okay because everyone's going to be dressed weird. So you won't stand out. Pierre gives the exact same bad neighbor monologue again about how they're terrible people and the Baron doesn't like anybody, so don't go over there. The Baron is a violent person. He ate everybody. Ate? That's what he says. Yeah. It's this French accent changing the word hate to ate. So he's like... The Baron is a very violent person. He ate everybody. (laughs) It just makes it sound like this is literally a cannibal Baron. Charlie and Patty sit next to each other five minutes pass in the film in real life five minutes pass while they're sitting next to each other and nothing happens is this where she's just talking at him telling him and uh, no jokes are being shared they're just talking the the joke seems to be that everyone is really horribly mean to charlie brown and why he's friends with these people i'll never understand yeah and that the other part of the joke is that patty is dumb and doesn't follow the rules when yeah. they get back to the chateau, the beds are made and there's food again, but they still have to sleep outside. Yeah, so their barnyard thanks. beds are made. <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> Snoopy leaves to get drunk again. Violet, the person who's presumably been replacing their beds and food, tries to help again that night. And the Baron says, you need to get these people to fucking leave my property. Uh, this is driving me crazy having a bunch of Americans in the yard. And I wish you didn't invite them. He says five or ten times that he will get rid of the americans and that it's time for them to go then he goes to the bar where snoopy's getting drunk and he tells the bartender there's a bunch of americans in my yard and i'm going to get rid of them i'm going to get rid of them i'm going to get rid of them over and over and over again Mm -hmm. then we cut back to linus sneaking into the house because they left the door unlocked or something somehow he gets in yeah um and he meets violet the girl who invited them and she says i'm sorry the baron hates you 
Um, but I have this bag from Silas Brown, who was Charlie's grandfather. And he and her grandmother were friends. And they were pen pals who eventually stopped writing. But she never forgot him. We cut back to the bar where the Baron tells the bartender again, five or ten more times, that he's going to get rid of these Americans. Yeah. And I don't know if Snoopy's even paying attention. Like, it's supposed to look like he's eavesdropping and hears that someone's going to come and hurt them. But he doesn't do anything with this information and he doesn't react like he's hearing it. So I don't know why this is happening. But this is Charlie's cousin, right? Because the implication is that her grandmother no. had a thing with Charlie Brown. and sh- No, no, no. They're no, not they're, cousins. They're so not related. I assume that the Baron is Violet's grandfather? No, it's her, it's her uncle. It's her uncle. Oh, yeah. sorry. It's her uncle. Okay. So her grandfather is the one that her grandma married instead of Silas. Correct. Right. But and, I don't think they had any children. She was pregnant together. with Silas's baby at the time. No. Whoa. This is another jump you're making. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's exactly where the connection this movie was supposed to be. And that's why the because uncle doesn't wh- like him? Well, and that's why the grandmother was so upset when the letters stopped. She's like, no, she, no, 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 you don't like, understand. You're going to come and see your child, right? <laughs> nope. But, uh, yeah, so the Baron keeps saying he's going to kill all these children. <laughs> he doesn't say it like that, but... <laughs> and he's get... also the only character who's, like, in silhouette. Yeah, they he's just never... forgot to animate him. Yeah. They just left that space blank on the page. Uh, that's how animation works, right? It's all black, and then you color it in. They made a lot of very specific limited animation choices in this movie. Yeah. But, yeah, so he talks to the girl a little bit, and uh, they hear the Baron coming home. And she freaks out and drops the candle she's been carrying around and sets the chateau on fire. Linus calls down to Charlie for like 25 goddamn seconds. (laughs) Charlie runs to the bar for some reason and shouts at the closed door to the place. He like runs down the street and down to the bar and then he goes up to the door and he says, help, help to a closed door. And then Snoopy comes out of it. That would be the cheapest way to animate that. Yeah, it's like, well, the, but the door still opens. It's like, just have the character touch the handle. Just touch the handle and then open the door and shout. Instead, he shouts at a closed door until Snoopy bursts out and runs to like the garage next door to grab a fire hose with a pump that was in there. And he rolls it out to the place and tries to put out the fire the the baron just runs back and forth in his own front yard shouting fire to no one in particular uh this whole time that other people are actually acting to put the fire out the kids get together and they use linus's blanket to catch the girl uh jumping from the top of the building so that she's safe but they just leave Linus up there. Right. I don't understand this. Like they he threw immediately, his blanket down. Right. They immediately walk away with the blanket, not having gotten Linus. Yeah. And then he, they cut to him just standing in a window frame as the building is burning down behind him going, guys, wh- why are you, what, guys, can't you help me too? Cuts straight to the ashes and yeah. skeleton just laying yeah, there. But wearing the clothes that he was wearing, it's like, <laughs> don't go in the house. They put the fire out and the Baron says... I've learned so much. Uh, these American children came here and they burned my house down and I'll love them forever. <laughs> Why did he hate them originally? Who knows? <laughs> does, does <laughs> Why it really does he matter? like them now that they started a fire and put it out? Who knows? Here's the thing, though. He loves them now and he's, we'll never see him again. 
we're just taking violet's word for it that he doesn't hate them now because he's not in any more of the movie um <laughs> yeah so it, this would have been where you should have revealed the whole backstory mm-hmm. but instead you revealed it earlier so the only new info that we're getting from this conversation is the way i found you is someone from my family got their haircut in your town from your dad and then he was like oh yeah that's that's my dad you're talking about and so i wrote you a letter to come and and visit us even though i've known you my whole life and i didn't ask anyone if you could come here and i didn't have anything to provide for you and i made you sleep in my yard for and three the school days. paid for everything so now it's time to leave it's been the 48 hours that an exchange student stays in another country <laughs> even though we covered that it's supposed to be two weeks uh violet kisses charlie uh on his way out and he's very embarrassed about it as charlie is wont to be uh patty tries to kiss pierre but closes her eyes and snoopy intercepts the kiss she tells pierre that he's a good kisser but she has to go while pierre's hugging marcy because he clearly Mm. likes marcy and doesn't care about her and then we get illustrations of the crew over the credits which i thought was neat yeah it was nice Um, clearly peppermint patty is in love with marcy right that's that's the thing right i'm not crazy no for sure jesse knows someone who does Peppermint oh. Patty's voice and some well, of Well, the... I, I saw it. I was like, oh, good. We got a movie where I know the person. He doesn't do it movie. here, but. Yeah. So my, my one of my former bosses, the former CEO of DreamWorks, Christofaria, did play Peppermint Patty for several uh, iterations of these As Snoopy a child, movies. I assume. I think he was a teenager. Oh, okay. Uh, this was directed by Bill Melendez, who was an animator on Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, Bambi. Um, he provides the voice of Snoopy and Woodstock in many iterations of uh, the Peanuts films and TV shows, including archival tracks that were used for the 2018 or the 2015 reboot. Co-director Phil Roman uh, is the founder of Film Roman, which sounds like his name, which uh, obviously produced The Simpsons and King of the Hill, um, other great stuff. Writer Charles Schultz it was a cartoonist and creator of Peanuts. Daniel Anderson does the voice of Linus here and Linus and other things. That's going to be the same going That's down the line That's everybody's credit here. for uh, everyone in this movie. Scott Beach plays the waiter, the baron, the driver, the tennis announcer, an English voice, and an American voice. And he played Mayor Grundy in Stand By Me. He played the judge in Mrs. Doubtfire. Hmm. And he's a stormtrooper in A New Hope. Casey Carlson is Marcy here and other places. The person doing the voice of Patricia Peppermint Patty Reichart is named Patricia Pats. Huh. It's a real name, not a real name. That's her IMDb name and just this. This is her only credit despite sharing the character's exact name. So you think She didn't voice this character in anything else. So you think it's like a stage name that she had for this role so she didn't get credited as maybe maybe they hated the person who did the maybe they hated Christopharia so much that they replaced his name with patricia pats in the credits yeah maybe it is him yeah maybe it is and he was just like i've had enough of this you'll have to ask him (laughs) laura planting did the voice of lucy van pelt in i guess the one scene that had lucy here she's also the voice of lucy in other things (laughs) and patty once uh aaron skelly did the voice of charlie brown he's also the voice of charlie in other things in the chocolate factory no no not that one not that one but he was in willy wonka no that's not true either 
Up or down, Jess? <laughs> That's it? That's all That's we all got? That's all I have to say uh-huh. about this. All right. Well, so the only thing that I wanted to add before we, we get sure, into yes. this is these were definitely movies, you know, of the time they came out. Like when they started coming out in the, you know, mid to late 60s, you know, this is, this is the style it was. And I think this is very much fitting in with everything that had been done before. So I don't necessarily think it was a great movie for... 1980 i think that it is in keeping with what the peanuts movies are so if you like the peanuts movie you might like this sure i'm not going to recommend it i have never liked any of the peanuts movies i like the christmas one i'm going to say that i actually like the cg one and oh the cg one is actually great it's it's great and uh i actually got the the pleasure of seeing several people from blue sky come to dreamworks and do a presentation and i you know i wish it was something that was recorded and sent out to the world because what these guys did to make this movie to recreate the look of the original absolutely incredible they broke everything that they could break in order to make the cg look like it looked in this movie. So they did they did crazy tricks. The, these characters are not designed in the round, right. which means that the way they look when you're looking at their profile does not match the design of the character when you're looking at them head on, which doesn't, yeah. you know, so the-, the It's like Peppa Pig. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't see Peppa Pig from the front. It can't happen. <laughs> you know, you can't translate this to- people clamoring for that? <laughs> I just want to see her from the front. <laughs> Maybe you should turn the TV off and go outside. So you can't you can't make a CG character out of this that works. And so, you know, they had to have multiple rigs and the rigs that they had, they had to basically like break in order to get the features in the right position in, in for the different scenes and staging of this film. So they basically also had to animate this movie twice. They went through and hand drew out what all of this movie was going to look like and then essentially rotoed it with CG characters, which is kind of Klausy a little bit the way they did Klaus for Netflix uh, with 2D animation and then an yeah but that was actually hand drawn 2D animation whereas this was you know 2D drawn stills that they animated over top of right. with CG characters I think I also remember you saying that they because of the forced perspective of like houses they had to like push stuff like hundreds of feet back that's exactly it they would make these like you know in order to get the perspectives to work right they would like make giant sets and then just use uh you know a lens to sort of compress the set down to make it have this really flat look to it Mm. they they had animated on twos in order to have that you know the the look of the original animations basically they took everything that is convenient about making a cg movie like you know, <laughs> in-betweens and everything, like, actually being physically created and real, you know, in terms of its size and shape. And they threw that out the window. <laughs> yeah, so it was actually 10 times harder to animate in CG. It was, than... and it's just amazing what they pulled off. If you haven't seen the movie, I highly recommend you watch the CG one because it's an amazing feat that they got this look and style, and it's, it's a really special-looking film. Yeah, and actually... I'll say that the the script is actually much better than most of the Charlie Brown movies. This should have been a TV movie, probably. I think that they were stretching for time in a lot of places, and it undoubtedly was a TV movie at some point, and they were like, 
hey, you know, Paramount said they have a slot in mm-hmm. May, so maybe we could just throw this at them if we just uh, let's put this shot of the house in rain twice. Yeah. And let's have him call down to Charlie Brown for an extra 20 seconds here. Oh, well, people are still going to see Star Wars instead of this. Uh... <laughs> but this movie was very well received by critics at the time, probably just because they were used to Charles Schultz's output and they were like oh it's another adorable peanuts movie it's just like all the other ones and it's like they forgot that it was bad because they were too busy ripping on the shining (laughs) (laughs) i think that you might be you might have hit the nail on the head though is like when everybody else was going to the theater to see star wars and to see the shining they had to put the younger kids somewhere yeah Mm -hmm. they stuck them in this movie yeah all right. It's 75 minutes. They can see it twice. And then Star Wars will be done. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then we'll watch The Shining. All that being said, it's a down for me. Yeah. It's a down for me, too. Uh, yes. That would be a down for this and all Peanuts films that I have seen. <laughs> Letterboxed. I haven't even thought about this yet. Oh, God. Where are we going to put this? I'm pretty comfortable. Yeah. I, I, I know where it's going. It wasn't that bad, guys. It was, though. I'll tell you mine. All right, go, you tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. All right. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> mine is going to be second from the bottom. Mm. Uh, it's between home movies and nothing personal. It's worse than nothing personal, but better than home movies, which was made by students. Um, I have it third from the bottom. Okay. That's going to put it between Gorp and Serial. I would rather watch Gorp than this movie. <laughs> oh, man. That's rough. Whew. That is rough. I would never put just about anything uh, below Gorp. I'm going to put this fourth from the bottom. It is better than home movies. Yes. And worse than Stunt Rock. Okay. I I, I, I have Gorp and nothing personal underneath those. Okay. That's fair. I also have it above home movies and below Stunt Rock. So that sounds fair to me. Um, I think that's everything for this one. If you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, we are Vintage Video Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where, as I've said before, you can find each of our full movie rankings for the year. We can also be found at VintageVideoPodcast.com. Please consider rating us on iTunes to help people find the show. And if you take the time to leave us a review, we will thank you personally in an upcoming episode. If you're feeling especially generous, you can support the show through patreon.com slash vintage video podcast. Speaking of which, we'd like to send a shout out to Jason from the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast for his kind iTunes review. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time when we'll be discussing Hollywood Nights with a K, which IMDb summarizes like so. Led by their comedic leader, Turk, the Hollywood Knights Car Club raise hell throughout Beverly Hills on Halloween night, 1965. Sounds like a good movie to release in May. <laughs> <laughs> we leave you now with the trailer for Hollywood Nights. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Can I have your attention, please? I'm the advertising man for a very funny new movie called The Hollywood Knights. Come on. Now, now, wait a minute. We got a problem with the coming attractions. Hey, come on, will you? Give me a break. I'm on your side. The problem is they won't let me show you any of the good stuff. And believe me, it's really good. Like they won't let me show you what this Hollywood night peeping Tom with a Polaroid's taking pictures of. And I definitely can't show you what the cheerleader in the middle forgot to wear. But believe me, it raised more than a few eyebrows. 
This Hollywood night just did something really humiliating. You are so immature. I am not immature. But can I show you what it was? No way. You'll just have to guess why the heavyweight in the horn rims is having an attack, or why the cop is in the can and not on his feet. Get back, Bimbo! Or what's really being barbecued in the burning bag, or what the Hollywood Knights put in the punch to give it such a special tang. I've had this taste in my mouth before. No, they won't let me show you any of the really good stuff. But I can tell you that the movie shows everything. Look, we're all in our underwear. The Hollywood Nights is hysterically funny. Take it from me. Would I lie to you? It's a masterpiece. It's wild, it's sexy, it's outrageous, it's revolting. <laughs> and so are the Hollywood Nights. But they're not just a movie. They're about as nice a bunch of guys you'd ever want to know. Good, clean American kids fighting for truth, justice, and anything they can get away with. I'll kill you! I'll kill all of you! Parents groups are trying to stop them. The cops are trying to annihilate them. And only you can help. Force your way into the theaters. Save the Hollywood Knights. They do the same for you. They knocked my pants off. Oh,